against our better judgment. Here it is once again. It's Becca and Millhaven. Just saying, I'm Tom Becca. I'm McGraw Millhaven, and this is Becca and Millhaven. <laughs> you thought you had something really profound to say. You thought you were having like a big open there, and you had nothing, right? You, you you went out on the limb, and you realized you had nothing. Will you stop? I'm suffering from bronchitis. Okay. Yeah, what's the deal here? I got bronchitis. That doesn't. That sucks. That's yeah. Nothing. So I don't have COVID. I don't have strep throat. I don't have uh, the flu. I went to one of these. Does Omaha have these uh, like urgent cares pop oh, up everywhere? Everybody has. Everybody has urgent care. Yes, of course they do. It's it's kind of like um, one of the, the things that um, in the Affordable Care Act, no one ever talked about that these urgent cares are sort of popping up everywhere for whatever reason. They're easier to do now. Whatever. I've already been there. Oh, sorry. Um, so I, I I've already been there before during COVID for whatever reason. So I filled out all the paperwork, and you know how. When you go to the doctor's office, you fill out, fill out 700 copies of the same form, right? Right. And, and it's Xerox and mimeographed and copied, and so it's solved, uh, distorted. So I've already done it. I, I signed up online. They said, you know, show up at 11. Showed up at 11. They sent me a text. Come on in. I came in. I sat down. Doctor came in, you know, took my vitals. Another tech came in, did whatever. They came in, and gave me a couple tests and 10 minutes later, they were like, you've got bronchitis, gave me a bunch of drugs and I walked home. Okay. You know, I, I've gone to the urgent care before with little things that I've had to have done, you know, and that, and, and they, you're right. They are very convenient. They are very convenient, but is there a part of you that thinks that, okay, these are the doctors that couldn't quite make it in the private practice world. You know, in other words, I, I'm not saying they're not qualified. I'm just saying that maybe they're not as good as the normal doctor that you might go to that you had to set up an appointment for six months. I don't know. I, well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going anybody. to this. I'm just saying, yeah. I'm not going to this person to have her diagnose my, my lung cancer. I got a cold. And what do I need to do? So I don't need to go to a world-class surgeon for a cold. Now, if these urgent cares weren't around, what would I have to have done? Call up a regular doctor and he would say, you know, meet me at June 17th. And so I'm like, I need to cook. So that wouldn't work. So then I'd go to an emergency room no, and not. gum up those works. So, you know, I'm not going for a, for a prostate exam and I'm not going for a regular checkup. I'm going because I got a call. And if, you know, they notice something worse, you know, maybe I've got pneumonia or something worse, then they would say, all right, you need to see a real doctor. As a matter of fact, I did say to the woman, I kind of felt bad as, you know, she was like, all right, we're going to give you a steroid shot. We give you this. And, and I'm like, can I get my drugs here? They said, oh, absolutely. So it was one-stop shopping and I have to go to another place. I said, you guys are great. I said, you know, normally I'd have to go see a real doctor. And then I was like, oh, I didn't mean that the way it sounded. <laughs> yeah, that's the point that I was making. And again, they are real doctors. They are real doctors. You're going to them because you know, they, they know what they're doing and they can write your prescription or whatever. But at the same time, it's, it's almost like, and, and that's the other thing though, but like there's some hospitals here and I'm sure you got them in St. Louis too, where like the lobby, it's like you're walking into, you know, the, the ballroom of, uh, you know, the Hyatt Regency or something, you know, I mean, you're, it's like you're walking in this gigantic ballroom uh, as you're walking into the lobby and you just see how nice some of these hospitals are. And I often wonder, it's like, how much, yeah, is this why my healthcare costs so much? Yeah. You yeah. Know, so yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I just think it's, I think it's a wonderful way to sort of see a bunch of people. And 
you know, one of the reasons why you don't go to the hospital is it's, it's such a pain in the neck. This was so simple. It was so easy. You were in, you were out. I got my drugs. It was a $40 copay. It was $50 worth of drugs. It was well worth it. And you're feeling better now? So I've been on the drugs for what, 24 hours, a little bit. And I'm starting to feel a little better. I mean, my throat was, I was, I was my, it was like I was swallowing glass and I was hocking up a lung and felt terrible. So yeah, no, I tried to, you know, trying to work like that's terrible. Um, so yeah, no, thank you. I feel better. Oh, good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. So what else is new with you, man? I, how come you're not on, how come your video is not on the screen here? What's the deal? Well, because I don't want you to make fun of what I'm eating, making fun of my eating. <laughs> Are you eating again while you're doing this podcast? You know, I'm so busy that, yes, I am eating while I'm podcasting. What Joe Rogan smokes dope while he does his podcast. Why can't I eat? When, when when our ratings get as good as Joe Rogan's and we're making the money doing this thing that Joe Rogan is doing, you can do whatever the hell you want. Oh, all right. Well, just then I'll keep eating. Um, what, are eating? what are you having? Macaroni macaroni salad. That's not bad. This is good. This is this time of year for macaroni salad. That's one of macaroni the all time, that's one of my all time favorite side dishes. Let's put it this way: I'm having a better week than Madison Cawthorn's having. You're having a better life than Madison Crawford. That guy. Did you see the picture of him lying on top of the other man naked? <laughs> and he was trying to blame the liberal media for 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 a distorting that point of view. I I have seen the picture and I had put it out of my mind. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, as part of the George Soros funded liberal media, I've been drunk and I've been drunk. And never, ever in my entire life have I ever thought, you know, you see that guy over there? I'd like to take my shirt off and just lie on top of that man. <laughs> I've never been that drunk. Uh, well, okay. Have you ever been so drunk that you teabagged a guy? I haven't done that either. But, I mean, I've never been like, hey, you know what would be really funny? Is if you and I took our shirts off and just lied on top of each other, that would be really funny. And then take you a know, picture. You, you know, in, in all seriousness, that's and this is years ago. Years ago, you know, back when everybody thought that you know being gay was a choice and all this stuff, and everybody's trying to you know, uh, and and, that, and it dawned on me and said, you know, I've I've had some some bad relationships with women, and they have broken my heart, and I've been devastated and all that. At no point in time did I ever think, hey. Maybe I'll go play for the the other team, you know. So when it dawned on me that I was born this way, why wouldn't they be born that way? And as for these people that think that being gay is a choice like that, is it's just, you know, it's just ludicrous. Well, except some people, they're bi, so it is a choice. Well, okay, you're right. Well, that's that's different. No, it's not. No, How is no, that different? No, no, it's, no, no, it, it, they are born that way. They just choose what they want to do on Friday night. That's where the choice comes in. But they are Baha'i, so that's how they are born. Well, or maybe they're not Baha'i and they just choose to do it that way. I don't know. I have no idea. Well, I mean, anyway. you women, women have, women have, I've known women who have been straight and then have said that they're lesbians. And then they've gone back, right? There have been women that have done that. And I don't know if you're, I have no idea. I have no idea. I've never, I didn't choose to be a heterosexual and I've never had a homosexual experience. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, I've got, a, I, I've got a friend 
who had been married like 20 some odd years and had kids and everything and all that, and then came out as being gay. And I, I'll be honest, I have a tough time understanding that, you know, because I don't think that if I had, if I was like, if society forced me to be in a gay relationship, I'm not so sure I could perform. How do these guys that are gay, uh, you know, forced into a heterosexual uh, relationship because of society, how do they perform? You know, I mean, I, that's- You mean like, you mean like in the bedroom? Yeah, you know, yes. I, I guess what I'm trying to say in a polite way is, how do they get a stiffy? Well, you just, because you just, in your mind, you conjure up a picture of me naked as opposed to Cheryl Ladd naked. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah. So you want, you, want, you want guys who are in the closet to be thinking of you while they're having sex with their wives. But well, what yeah. do I care? They're not telling me about it. You've got issues. You have got issues. You have no idea. You've known me 25 years. You have no idea how many issues I have. One of the one of the best things you ever said to me, and I'll never forget it, and I've actually used this line a time or two myself, is that you should hear the things in my head that I don't say. <laughs> you, should, you should hear the things that I say. Mm, I probably shouldn't say that out loud. And after, well, yeah, you should hear the things in my head that I don't say. So, so okay, so do we want to go and, and, and deal with the heaviness of the Buffalo shooting and stuff do we, and, and the anti-Semitism. Do we want to, do we want to deal with that? Is that just too heavy of a, of, of a topic? I don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what to say. I, I honestly, I don't know what to say. There were what four or five different shootings over the weekend. Yeah. And St. Louis had six random shootings in which 13 people were shot and five were killed. I don't know the difference. I, I, the reason might be different. The one guy shoots 13 people or six people shoot 13 people. But I, 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 don't, I don't know why Buffalo, as tragic and terrible as it is, got more attention than Houston or California or St. Louis. I, I don't know. I, I don't know anymore. Uh, well, I think probably part of it is because of the, uh, the hate crime aspect to it. I mean, if, if you know, like what happened in St. Louis, was it a number of different people just shooting people? Was it one guy out there trying to shoot everybody? Did they, did they catch the culprit? No, it was literally, um, you know, a stray bullet shot a girl and then somebody carjacked a guy and then a drug deal gone bad. And then two other people shot in the leg. And of the 13 victims in St. Louis, they were all black. They were all shot by randoms, but they were all black or minority. Um, it wasn't a one, it wasn't a domestic terrorist screed and then just randomly shooting, but they were randomly shot because they were walking home from school or they were, it was a drug dealer. I don't know. I mean, it's just so, to try and sit there, I, I'm not saying that, that Buffalo wasn't a racist attack and it wasn't terrible. What I'm saying is there were seven of them this weekend. Yeah, in St. Louis, yeah. 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 And so I don't know. I mean, it, I, I, you know, we were an ABC affiliate and we had Aaron Katursky up there and no disrespect to him. He's fantastic. And no dis disrespect to ABC, but Buffalo got all the attention. But every weekend in St. Louis or Chicago, you know, look at the Monday morning paper. Forty five people shot 13 dead. Twenty six people shot seven dead. You know, every Monday in St. Louis, 13, 14 people shot, you know, seven or eight dead. And it's all random. It's all ones and twos, but it's still, when you add it up, just as many people die as a 
as a terrible shooting in a supermarket in Buffalo. I want to get to the First Amendment aspect of this in a second here, but I got a question I want to ask you. Okay, because you do a talk radio program there in St. Louis. I do TV commentary here at Omaha, okay? When you hear of a shooting, let's say three people get shot, four people get shot. After some of the tragedies that we've seen, things like what happened in Las Vegas, uh, things that happened in Sandy Hook and all that, after some of the tragedies that we've seen, is there like a limit? Is there a number that you look at and say, oh, only four people died. It's not that big of a deal. Have we become that desensitized that you see a story like that and say, well, yeah, not really worth talking about. It's not that big of a deal. Well, yes, but even more importantly, I don't know what to say about it, right? I mean, how do you, what's the topic? What, I mean, do you, look at how this plays out, right? Fox News is blaming Joe Biden. Fox News is blaming, um, I don't know, liberal media, right? Um, MSNBC is blaming guns. Uh, I, I don't know who to blame. All I know is if KTRS were to live stream a shooting in a supermarket, we would have our license pulled in a matter of seconds, whereas these social media outlets are being sold for hundreds of millions of dollars for doing the thing we would be taken off the air for. Yeah, yeah, Um yeah, if you, if you put something like that on the air thinking, hey, this will be good for ratings, you'll be fired in a minute. Yeah, think about yeah. this. So uh, Missouri is a medical marijuana. Um, Missouri is a medical mar- marijuana state. Uh-huh. There are medical marijuana companies that want to advertise with me. Our station lawyers are saying no because the federal government can come and take your license. So we're not advertising for a legal product in Missouri, because our lawyers are afraid the government might take our license. And yet these Facebook messages put up hundreds of millions of fake tweets by our enemies and they're, you know, billion dollar companies. It makes no sense. Well, you know, even going back to this, okay, if you, if you put out uh, that type of serious racist uh, material that, that this kid evidently uh, got involved with, and and you know if you were you were promoting the replacement theory and anti-Semitism and all of that, uh, advertisers would avoid you like the plague. You would uh, you'd be out of a job. The and again the government might try to take away your license. There would at least be protests against your license, which would cause a lot of problems. At the same time, there are people out there on websites or on cable that are able to go and profit from this. Uh, without that same sort of, uh, uh, you know, retribution. Yeah, it's a, it's, well, think about how far we've gone. Was it the 2001, 2002 Super Bowl where people were apoplectic over a half a second of a nipple on the Super Bowl? Yeah. Now we're, now we're live streaming mass murders and people are like, what else is going on? And people are defending this as First Amendment issues. Yeah, yeah. Which brings up a question that I don't have the answer to, and I wish I did, because I'm, you know, I'd like to think I'm smart enough, but you know, can the Constitution actually survive in the digital age? I mean, in the first and second amendment to survive in an age where you've got, you know, the internet and the second amendment in an age where you've got, you know, automatic weapons. Well, I don't know if Mark Zuckerberg should be the arbiter of what is free speech and what isn't free speech. Um, I don't disagree, you know, but but then but, again, but there- and, and not only that, not only that, their goal, their goal is to make you, 
and you've said this before. So even this nut job, right, who writes this 300-page screed, okay, it's ridiculous. And if he, if before the digital age, he would have written it in his basement and nobody would have seen it, okay? He posts it on a gaming website. Now, all of a sudden, there's a there are other people to read it and can either now follow it because they've now been exposed to it. So whereas before, nobody he never would have had the audience for. Now he can find an audience for this for this garbage. Um, remember back in the 30s when, when you were on radio, you had to have a license, right? How and you had to make you sure there wasn't a, How old you I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm not saying what was your what was your radio license number? I'm saying, don't you remember back in the day, right? They were afraid of the red scare and you had to have a certain amount of decorum to be on the radio because they were afraid that the bad guys were going to come and start infiltrating, you know, our use our own media to sort of infiltrate our minds. Well, they were right. They were just, you know, 75 years too early. It's the social media. It's, it's why Elon Musk doesn't want to buy Twitter. How much of it is fake? He he can't even find out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that whole thing there, too. That's like, yeah. Well, and you, you get this? I, I get people that, like, comment on my Twitter feed or follow me on Twitter, and then I'll go to their page, and I'll see that, you know, they're following, you know, 300 people and have zero followers. You know, so it's like, so, yeah. So this is somebody out there just, you know, could have like, you know, 25 different Twitter handles or whatever. I don't know. It's just so freaking nuts. Which then brings me to a story that I saw that said that uh, people are just tuning out of the news. Right now, right now, do you know what the number one story is in America right now? Um, Amber Heard and um, Johnny Depp. Bingo, we have a winner. Yeah. Yeah, and and and, that, and that you put down things like serious things like the January 6th insurrection, uh, you know, serious things like the shooting in Buffalo. Those are so far down the list. Serious things like the the um, uh, the, the primary elections uh, they had in Pennsylvania and everything. So far down the list that um, yeah, everybody wants to know about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. Which, by the way, do you know anything about this? I mean, I just know something I've gotten through osmosis. I, I I know that she's an actress. I know Johnny Depp. I know Johnny Depp's an actor. Um, I know he was Jack Sparrow. Uh, I know she claims he abused her and he says he didn't. After that, it's all sort of what I, you know, what I hear in passing. And I think she shit in his bed or something, right? There was some, there was somebody shit in the bed. I know that. Well, I, I got that from Saturday Night Live. Was that actually true? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was it's kind of like when um, Caitlyn Jenner finally came out to Diane Sawyer. I was like, wait a minute. This is real. I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was fake. I thought it was a I thought it was a, you know, tabloid thing. Yeah. Yeah, that. uh... (laughs) Yeah. You know, when when TMZ becomes a credible news source. Well, you know, I, I don't I don't mind that mindless news like Johnny Depp and Amber Heard is people know about, right? I mean, I get it. But yeah. but to the fact that you you listen to that over everything else is what's scary, right? There's nothing wrong with knowing about Amber Heard and, and, and uh, 
Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, but to not know anything about the January 6th insurrection yeah. or to, you know, not understand that you might dislike Joe Biden, but he really has nothing to do with the price of gas. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you might like you might dislike Joe Biden, but really, when it comes right down to it, he's not in the baby factory making the, the baby formula. Um, if you want to hear a conspiracy theory that I've got, which I have absolutely no proof of, but I could probably get people to believe it, and it almost it is plausible, I think. Sure. And again, I've got again just a caveat. I have no proof of this, no no evidence of it. But what if, like you know, just Trump and the Republicans and that whole segment of society, what have they been able to do, you know, enough to stop the flow of baby formula, uh, you know, been able to raise the price of gas or at least exacerbate the shortage of it. Uh, have they been able to cause a lot of these supply chain problems just to make, you know, Biden look bad and the Democrats look bad for their own political gain? I mean, I hate to be that conspiratorial, but it, it, it does seem plausible. I mean, the, the Republicans and Democrats are not working together and both should be working together to try to fix these problems. But it doesn't seem like they want to because it's all about their side winning and the other side losing. Well, you bring up an instant. Well, not that I believe that to be true, but you do bring up an interesting point. Remember the, the story that came out years later is that Nixon, you know, went to Vietnam and said, hey, you know what? Slow down the peace talks. Wait till I get in there. And they slowed down the peace talks. And they, you know, he basically I mean, talk about a talk about a disloyal, unpatriotic thing to do. Right. Um, but that's well documented now that that's that's what Nixon did to help win the election. Um, I, you know, I, there there are too many checks and balances. There are too many there are too many things for that. Not too many people would have to be in on that for it not to come out. So it's a nice conspiracy theory, but it's 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 not possible. It's just not possible. I I, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong. But it does seem sometimes it's just like, you know, it, it, it would just seem like, uh, uh, you know, they would do this sort of a thing just so that there's no, no, no. I wouldn't put it past either party to be that that diabolical, but I don't think they have the power to do it. Well, I was thinking about Nixon. I and this is about a three or four year old documentary that was on Netflix. And I just happened to find it. Did you ever watch the documentary of Johnny Cash and Nixon? No. Oh, Johnny Cash, red, white, and blue American. God bless yeah. America. Believed in all of it, right? Yeah. Uh, Nixon invites him to sing at the White House. Before he sings, Cash goes and gets, uh, you know, he, he goes and he talks to veterans. And I think he went and played for the troops in Vietnam and everything. And he saw what was going on. And then before he plays at the White House, he realizes that Nixon is using him. Okay. You know, to right. be that red, white, and blue patriotic guy to try to get the Southern country boys, boys on Nixon's side. And he winds up, because Nixon winds up to sing like Okie from Muskogee and songs like that that, you know, uh, make fun of the hippies and the liberals. And he realizes he's being played, so he doesn't play into the game. It's actually, it's just a fascinating documentary about uh, just this great man, Johnny Cash. And, uh, and I just happened to stumble upon it all this past week. And, Was it on Netflix? Uh, it's on Netflix, yeah. What's it called? It's something like, you know, something like, you know, Richard Nixon and Johnny Cash. I mean, it has a, it has a pretty, uh, pretty. Um, uh, Is it long? 
Well, hour and a half, two hours. Oh. I mean, it's a documentary. Yeah, it's not like it's- I, I. I think Johnny Cash did not get the credit he deserved. I, Johnny Cash was fantastic. Um, just an everyday man, right, with his struggles, and I mean, that was he was country music, right? I mean, because he sang about the plight of the man, and you know, goes into the prison and sings to the prisoners, and you know, it's just I don't know. There's something about Johnny Cash that's really very special. I would agree. Have you heard towards the end of his life, towards the end of his life, he, he recorded an album and uh, Rick Rubin produced it. And he did like some really like, 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 uh, like some rock songs and stuff like that, that he did in his own way. And there's a song called hurt. And the lyrics are like, I hurt myself today to see if I still bleed. I mean, it's just a very poetic song. And the way that he does it is just so powerful. Um, and, and maybe I got the name of the song wrong. It may not be called Hurt either. I don't know, but it's something like that. Was but, it, he uh, was in the Traveling Wilburys, wasn't he? No, no, you're thinking of Roy Orbison. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. no, 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 you're thinking of Roy Orbison. Yeah, um, which I actually have a couple of those. I don't know if I have albums or a couple of songs from, from the Traveling Wilburys. That was great. Oh, yeah. I like the that sort of, and, yeah. Yeah, I like that singer, that, that singer songwriter folk era type music. I don't know why. I wouldn't seem like to be that type, but... I like that singer songwriter. I like the the one guy piano at a at a smoky bar, just you know, singing about life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do. I I've always been a big fan of the lyrics of songs, although although I got to admit, you know, I'll sing along to uh, "Do Why Diddy Diddy Dumb Day to Do." I mean, I'll sing along to that, but uh, I do like the I do like good lyrics that really um, uh, really speak to you at some level or not. I, I do enjoy those. Well, I often. You ever well when you ever like listen to the lyrics, you're like, I don't really understand what any of this stuff means. Well, now with the internet, I've done this with like songs that I, I grew up with that I really thought I knew the lyrics, but I didn't quite understand. And then you right. go and check the lyrics, and it's like, oh, so that's what this song's all about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, is that what that means? Yeah. <laughs> Unlike the famed careless whisper song done by Wham, guilty feet have no rhythm. <laughs> Or, or, or Jimi Hendrix, Purple Haze, excuse me while I kiss this guy. <laughs> oh, is, is that what it says? No, it's supposed to be, excuse me while I kiss the sky. But people thought, yeah, excuse me while I kiss this guy. Oh, all right. What's your, uh, what's your over-under? Over-under today. Okay, over-under is a thing we do every week to close out the show. Basically, a story that is over-reported and a story that is under-reported. Uh, the story that is over-reported, I think we've already touched on it. Uh, Amber Heard, Johnny Depp. Amber Heard, Johnny Depp. I've just had, just I, I I wish I could care. I wish I I knew more about it. But boy, everywhere I go, that's one of the the lead trending stories. And I yeah. So that, that's that's my that's my over Amber and uh, uh, Johnny. Hmm. My over. We've touched on it already, but I'm going to say the shooting in Buffalo. Overreported, huh? overreported because or not correctly reported we get the facts right right 13 people shot so many people shot this guy comes up from binghamton right we've seen this story before but we'll cover it for three or four days what the politicians will go and visit the news media will pack up and leave and it'll just become another name right It'll become Columbine. It'll become Virginia Tech. It will, will become uh, Marjorie Stoneman. It will become Buffalo, right? 
And the next time something like this happens, we'll do the same thing. We'll go up there. Oh, isn't this tragic? Isn't this terrible? We'll watch the politicians go up and say their terrible things that hate can't live. And we don't do anything about it. There's I don't know. And I don't know if there's anything to do. I don't I don't know what we get by the way we, we report this story. There's no there's but no I, what, do you, what, do you get, what do you get if you ignore it, though? What do you get if you ignore it? I, I don't know. We need to cover it a different way than the way we are covering it, because it's just it's not. I'll tell you what, if I didn't have to know it, I wouldn't have watched one second of it other than to know, oh, that's tragic. Some some poor souls in Buffalo got killed by us by a crazy man. And I would have turned the channel, but only because I'm in the media and I had to know because I had to know I wouldn't have followed it. Yeah, and well, I think you're with a lot of other people because I think that's yeah. uh, you know more and more people. It's like yeah, they're just not paying attention to the news. So yeah, there's a lot of people there, but you know, I mean, and you talk about this hate and everything that's out there, and you know what what can you do? I, I'm often reminded you were raised Catholic. I was raised Catholic. Um, I think you still go. I don't. I don't really go to church anymore. I'm still but, Catholic. Uh, I'm still very much a practicing Catholic. You're a practicing Catholic. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I perfected it, so I didn't need to practice anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Practice but, makes yeah. perfect, but whatever. Yeah. You mean, to, you mean to tell me, you mean to tell me that you've never used birth control or eaten meat on a Friday during Lent? Those are two very, very private um, answers. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, not that confession is a car wash, but you can go and you can be forgiven for your sins. I didn't say I was perfect. I said I was a practicing Catholic. You're practicing. You're practicing. Yeah. I... Well, Joe Biden's Catholic, and he signs bills authoring abortions. <laughs> I don't think he has signed one, but he, he does promote it. I don't understand what you're saying. Uh, but did you, I, remember, I remember being a kid and going to Catholic school and learning about, you know, the act of contrition. And I remember, like, asking the nun, you mean to tell me that if right before I die, I tell God I'm sorry that all my sins will be forgiven? And she goes, yes. I go, Man, in my mind, I thought, and I mean, I must have been like in second or third grade. And I thought, man, if that didn't get out of jail card, that is that that's beautiful. You know, and, and so it's like I can I can do whatever the hell I want as long as I know 30 seconds before I die that I'm dying. I I'm good. <laughs> which I know, which I know I'm gonna get hate letters for saying that. But that's, you know, that's what I thought when I was a kid. Confession is not a car wash, Tom. I also love I also love when you ask a priest. Wait a minute. Are you saying that I, can I do it this way? If you have to ask, you already know the answer. Oh yeah, shoot. <laughs> okay. So what's your uh, your underreported story? So my underreported story is this: uh, we all know about the right wing nut jobs who stormed the Capitol on January sixth, right? Mm -hmm. They weren't happy with the results of the election. And so they tried to take the election by force. And we are all, all of us who follow the news and understand what's going on are up in arms over this, right? This week, the federal government came out with a security memo saying that they are seeing chatter from liberal groups and are worried that if and when the Supreme Court decides to overturn Roe versus Wade, the, the federal government is afraid 
Department of Homeland Security is afraid that these liberal groups will start going after judges, clerks, politicians violently. They are afraid they're going to put up barriers around the Supreme Court. And I think we in the media who have been right to chastise the right wing wackos for not wanting to uh, believe in the institutions um, also have an obligation to call out the quote unquote left wing and or progressives who are calling for violence um, if this Supreme Court ruling is overturned. Hey, I get it. You're not happy. But violence isn't the answer. And so if we have a January 6th uh, by progressives after this Supreme Court thing, they're no better off than the left than the right wing wackos. And I think the fact that the federal I, I government. I don't disagree oh, with you, but I don't disagree with you. But let me let me expand on this a little bit, if I may. OK, two differences that I see from what you're saying. Uh, number one, and, and look, we do the same thing with the with the, you know the, the conservatives. If you take a look at what happened on January sixth, there were uh, you know thousands of people that were there uh, peacefully protesting. They were at that rally, and they were doing it legitimately, and they were not storming the Capitol. It was a handful of people that went and stormed. And I mean, more than a handful, but you know, they went and stormed the Capitol. But if you take a look at all the people that were at the January sixth meeting, not all of them, most of them actually were peaceful demonstrators and uh, supportive of the First Amendment. I think the same thing is true here. You get a few left-wing nut jobs out there that are talking about violence or maybe, you know, that just, uh, you know, getting ready to, uh, you know, go after judges and everything. You got a few left-wing nut jobs there. That's not all liberals that are upset with uh, what the Supreme Court may or may not do. You well, know? okay, look, I, look, I understand. I understand that there are peaceful protesters on January 6th. There are peaceful protesters in Ferguson. There are peaceful protesters in Minneapolis, okay? Um, there were hundreds of protesters who stormed the Capitol. There were thousands of people who were roaming the halls of the Capitol. You know, I don't know how many people ended up in the, in the actual chamber, but there were thousands of people who, 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 who caused damage and uh, soiled the House of Representatives and the Senate. And if that if that's what these people, the progressives are ready and willing to do because they don't like something the su Supreme Court uh, is about to do, shame on them. And we should call them out and liberal politicians should call them out because, you know, if you've got, you know, Kevin McCarthy Democrats who, you know, say one thing in private and say something in public or cheer them on, I think that's a bigger story is that there are progressives who are getting ready to to, you know, are, are starting to talk about violence the way they talked about violence before January 6th. I and yeah. that, that violence should is wrong. Be violence reported. is wrong regardless. Our, our founding fathers put a system in place that we can change things. We don't need violence to change. Things. No, I understand I, it. But my I, point, I, my, I my point, I, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. OK, no, no. But my, my point is, though that story is being underreported that the federal government is calling and saying hey we're worried about violence um by the progressives on judges and clerks and you know innocent people because you don't like what the supreme court said so that uh, should be a bigger story well you know and maybe it will be 
when uh, we get closer to the June announcement of the, uh, you know, maybe it's very important decides. Maybe it'll, maybe it's just a matter of waiting until then. Maybe you don't want to be adding. Uh, well, of course, you know, it's not like the media gets all together and has a, a meeting to decide what they do and don't want to promote. But, uh, but I don't know. You add, you add more fuel to the fire if you start talking about it now. I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave you with, with one question. What? When Top Gun Maverick comes out, which character are you going to dress up as when you go to the midnight showing? You're going to hate me for this. The only part of Top Gun I saw was maybe uh, 45 seconds when I was channel surfing Sunday night. It was on CBS. I have never seen the movie Top Gun. How is it possible? I don't think I can be your friend anymore. How could you have never great. seen Top Gun? Oh, this is a great day. Oh, inner voice. Use the inner voice. How could you have never seen Top Gun? I just never got around to it. It's I mean, one of the greatest, it's one of the greatest bad movies in the history of mankind. Well, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's a great, but I know it's very popular. I mean, God, they're making, you know, it's still got legs on it. What is it? 30 years after the fact, you know, they're still so, doing so it. every time, every time I've used a Top Gun reference in a, in a conversation with you, like I was inverted, you had no idea what I was talking about. And now with that phrase, you know, if you say you got the need for speed, well, then I think you're cliched, but I know what you're talking about. Well, what about if I say, I think she lost that loving feeling? Well, that, of course, that's the Righteous Brothers and every right blood American. No, is that well? That, yeah, but there's a scene in the movie. No, you're thinking about Dirty Dancing. No, I'm not thinking about Dirty Dancing. There are a whole bunch of lines in Dirty Dancing, like nobody backs my baby into a corner. Yes. Yes, with Jerry Orbach, who went on to become a uh, police detective in Law and Order. <laughs> he went from baby's dad to becoming a police detective in, in Law and Order. Um, I am going to go, I'm going to dress up as Rick Rosevich in my naked volleyball attire to go watch Maverick, the sequel. Well, if you do that, I suggest you stop eating so much macaroni salad. I, geez, I can't believe this is the greatest. So they're, they're, I can't believe I get to tell you this. So it's a fighter pilot movie and Tom Cruise has a date with Kelly McGillis. But before he goes on a date, he's drawn to playing two-on-two sand volleyball with their shirts off for about 15 minutes in the movie. So for 15 minutes in the movie, you're watching four men shirtless playing sand volleyball to a Kenny Loggins song. It's fantastically bad. It's like 15 minutes of gay porn right in the middle of the biggest guy movie ever. (coughs) It's fantastic. You'll watch it now for sure. I did. And yet you criticize <laughs> Rothborn for his behavior. <laughs> All I know is I can't wait for the sequel. It's fantastic. I, I, uh, I've been waiting uh, five uh, years uh, for this. The sequel may be one of the few movies that didn't help uh, save uh, uh, save the theaters for a while. I mean, I yeah. know. Well, that's that's why they've held off. Um, uh, Jason Nathan of ABC said it's worth every second. Yeah. He said it's fantastic. Yeah, the way they, the way they, they do the the fighter pilot scenes and the way they, you know, the rumble of the jets and everything, they say it's pretty sweet. I mean, it was so powerful 
that the Navy had recruiting stations inside the movie theater lobby after the movie. Do you think I'll be able to see, if I, if I go to see Top Gun 2, uh, do I need to see Top Gun 1 first to understand what Top Gun 2 yes. is all about? Yes, you do. Yeah, absolutely, you, you need to see Top Gun 1. Yes. It's it's actually a pretty good movie. <coughs> it's, I, it's, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll hold your attention. I will. I, I may or may not do that. We'll see. I don't know. It's, just... it, it's only been 30 years. I, I've been busy. I got things to do. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Are we done? I was watching a Johnny Cash, Richard Nixon uh, documentary. God love you. Uh, are we done? I think so. So, uh, till next time, this is Tom Beckett saying, hey, we'll catch you later, man. Uh, thank you. We're out of time. Thank you for your time. Till next time. So long. Bye-bye. Yeah, we are so late. Huda Media Production.